You're listening to Agency Dealmasters, brought to you by Bridge. This interview is brought to you by Worldwide Partners, a global network of more than 75 independent agencies in over 40 countries who support the world's most heralded brands. To learn how Worldwide Partners can help you reimagine growth for your business, then visit worldwidepartners.com. This week on the podcast, I have an extra special guest. Claude Orshu is the CEO of Canada's largest independent agency, LG2. And if you are interested in anything to do with advertising, creativity, and the role that agencies play in shaping culture, then this one is not to be missed, trust me. We talk about everything from the duty of creative agencies to lead their clients and subsequently wider society to become better citizens. We go really deep into the weeds about the importance of media and advertising in shaping who we are and who we want to be and the implications that that has on wider society, you know, social politics, geopolitics. This is just a masterclass on all things media, creativity and advertising from someone who is really passionate about getting his own house in order first before preaching to the rest of the world about the way that they should act. By the way, stick around until the end where you'll hear my chat with John Harris, the CEO of Worldwide Partners. They're actually the sponsors of this series. He shares his thoughts about the value the network delivers to independent agencies and their members. If you are interested in any of that, then you are going to absolutely love this conversation. So without me keeping you in suspense any further, my conversation with Claude Oshu. My name is Nathan Anibaba, and this is Agency Dealmasters. Agency Dealmasters is a series of conversations with world-class agency leaders building great agency businesses. I believe everyone belongs in the growth journey, and this show is dedicated to the stories and the lessons of ambitious agency builders of all types by examining their history, competitive advantage, and what makes them tick. Now, let's jump in. My extra special guest this week is Claude Orshu, the CEO of LG2, Canada's largest independent agency. LG2 is inspiring people to reimagine how organizations can grow, shape culture, and succeed in a sustainable manner. Claude Orshu, welcome to Agency Dealmasters. Well, thank you very much. I'm uh, really thrilled uh, to be here. It's very nice. Thanks. I'm super excited for this interview. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. You are the CEO of the biggest independent agency in Canada, over 400 employees working with globally recognized brands, but you started as a graphic novelist in a town that didn't even have an agency to begin <laughs> with. How do you go from there to becoming the CEO of LG2? Oh my God. Uh, faith, I suppose, trust, uh, but uh, no, sincerely, I would say two things. Um, it's always easier when you look backwards, like uh, what the hell happened and uh, how did that happen? But um, I would say two things, uh, two driving forces, uh, the power of adaptation and the, the power of your why. I think uh, that's what probably helped me um, um, in my career path. Um, we all know how essential it is today and uh, 
uh, I understand it really better now, I think. Uh, um, but at that time, it was instinctive. And it's it, like you were saying, it has taken a lot of adaptation, of adapting, adaptation in my journey. Uh, but uh, as I recall, I've always been for the party of change. And so I've always been comfortable with that and taking on new challenges and, and stretching your comfort zones. Um, and this results in building confidence. And it all grows a little bit more each time you do it. And at some point, it allows you to dream a little bit bigger every time. So um, from the small town in the heart of the Quebec province in Canada called Shawinigan to like no graphic designer. I didn't even know what was like design, packaging, the Swiss grid or whatever. I, I, I have no idea about this, but I saw two uh, courses about uh, cartoons and uh, animation, drawing any, uh, uh, cartoon animated. And uh, so I said, well, uh, maybe I could do that because I didn't know exactly what to do, honestly. And um, I, I, I was accepted, I don't know how, also exactly, uh, by uh, University <laughs> du Québec à Montréal, so the, in the, uh, for in graphic design uh, program. And um, after one year, I took 12 courses, so two summer courses on top of the two sessions, and I dropped out. I was like, meh, that's not really what I want. Right. I want to have a day-to-day -day routine, like uh, five, nine to five working in the boutique and watching TV shows in the, in the evening. <laughs> but luckily, I kept one course, which was uh, basic of typography with, that was given by Angela Grahals. And she changed everything in me. She made me understand typography and, by the way, understand the root of graphic design, of storytelling, of, of details, of the beauty of uh, type and designing type and designing uh, period. And so um, for the next session, I decided to come back full time. And at that time, I knew I wanted to be the best and I knew what I didn't like that I was doing right now and what I liked about design to end up at the end of my, uh, uh, with the class graduate to win the best portfolio of our uh, year. And after that, I've been hired and worked uh, four years in the first agency. And then uh, I quit to start my own small uh, design studio. And so from an employee, I became an entrepreneur and, and then from entrepreneur, I became a design partner at LG2 and, um, and then the group CEO at LG2. You wouldn't vote on me at my first day at LG2 that this guy one day, 15 years later, will, will be the CEO. Um, um, I wouldn't vote for myself either, but um, it's been... I've been surrounded by great people. I've been, uh, I've had uh, the, I was fortunate enough to have the two founders who uh, believed in me and supported me and mentored me. And um, 15 years after that, so in 2016, when they retired and we fully bought the agency, um, 
it's interesting because then again, even even at that point, I was nominated on the board, but not as the CEO. And uh, because the two GM of the three cities we have, the three offices we have, were named president. And there was a new board that was been formed. And Mireille, the president of Quebec City, was supposed to be the chair. But the board realized that we need to have an alignment with the three offices and the board, and we need some someone, a tool supervising the um, the activities over there. So Mireille said, well, um, I have a young family. I cannot take care of the whole group. I will pass. And then uh, my friend partner, Marc, I have a talk with him saying, take the job. It's going to be natural. You're going to be good. Everyone loves you. You're creative. And uh, I will do the dirty Harry job uh, uh, in your shadow. I will help you. Uh, it's not that complicated. And um, so he thought about it. And, and like a couple of days later, when he came back to the board, he said, thanks, but no thanks. The best guy to do it, it's Claude. So it's this story um, uh, illustrates how humble the partners of LG2 and how they really care about people and the end goal, and they are aware of of themselves in the group and and the objectives of the group, and they're all doing it for the greater good. So it's um, it's an interesting story, like from Shawinigan to uh, global group CEO. <laughs> it's a fascinating story, and also it speaks to the power of mentorship and people coming into your life at, at an early age to really navigate and change the course, the direction of your life. Your typography teacher had a, a great influence. I'm sure you owe her a, a great, a great debt. Totally. <laughs> You're right. So one of the main reasons I set up Agency Deal Masters in this podcast in the first place was so that I could speak to people like you, actually, people who were responsible for the advertising in the media that we see and consume every day. You know, it's it's a huge responsibility and a huge, I guess, privilege to be able to influence as many people's lives as you do on a daily basis. How much do you think about that and think about the importance that you play in the lives of everyday consumers? Um, you know, it tells us about whether or not we belong and who's important, what's important, what's not important. How, how much do you think about the importance of the role that you play in society? Your question is really on point because it's um, probably because of my design background. I was uh, um, um, in that idea that we always have two clients, like the CMO or the brand manager or whatever the client we have, and the citizen. So because... I've always had in mind that we have a great influence on the culture we live in. And early in the, probably because in the, in the design career, uh, everything is about time and enduring time. And uh, I realized that we produce those kind of things. And uh, so either it's, it's creating a brand, uh, messaging, uh, experience, whatever they are, um, uh, it, it often have a life that transcends our client's brief. And the ideas often stay longer in our, in our lives than the brand manager keeps his jobs. So 
there's kind of a great responsibility, even more today, knowing that there's so much noise out there, to respond to the client's brief, but also to have an awareness of what we add in the media universe of people. Worldwide Partners is one of the largest networks of independent marketing services agencies in the world. They offer brand marketeers and agencies a global platform to reimagine their growth. They've got over 75 agencies in over 40 different countries. And that means that brands and agencies get access to global talent with localized insight to create impactful campaigns that are delivered locally, nationally, and with international scale. Learn more at worldwidepartners.com. You're a very purpose-led agency, and, and this is something I'm going to be coming back to time and time again in the interview. Your, your mission is to, quote, create a positive impact every day. I'm just interested to know how that manifests itself in the day-to-day -day running of the agency and the work that you deliver for your clients. It's such an interesting challenge. Um, but like, if we look at the challenges today we face, it's a recruitment challenge. Tomorrow, we will face an impact challenge. And these mindset changes from willing to be in the impact zone, it takes time. And I, I think those who have not yet un integrated it into their business strategy will be lagging far behind in a few years. So it will no longer be a differentiator, but a barrier to entry. And um, so I think um, we, we've been lucky enough in 2017, starting to make a transition and upgrading our service offering and invested heavily in digital experience, content, innovation, packaging, data and insights. And, um, and we're only at the beginning of this big uh, transition. And uh, uh, people, clients, and us, we all have our own limits and capacities for transformation. So um, there's a couple of things. Um, uh, we're fortunate enough to have several leading ESG clients like Cascade, Danone, Gildan, and other who wants or not there but wants to get in the game soon. So, um, so we can see right now that some of us choose us for our day-to-day -day, uh, uh, creative output, other for our impact strategy. But what is really certain at this point is that we are at day one and we are all improving together. Uh, and uh, we, it's, it's, um, it's really the focus. We, it, it's our aim. And, um, but as well, like running the agency and during the pandemic, we move our head office and build a brand new lead building in, our fir in the first lead district in Quebec. And um, uh, we, we've been working on the... Uh, Last, for the last three years on strategic planning, financial roadmap, governance, social env and environmental impact, uh, shareholders, path. So it's, um, and we're heavily involved in our community with uh, either business, so investment and consulting with startup business, business uh, succession, we could say, and entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem. And on the other hand, um, 
we're there for great causes and organization because we invest uh, nearly $1 million in donation and sponsorships each year. So everything is a bit like coming together, uh, creating a, a positive impact. But it, it's, it's really the aim in the beginning. Agency Deal Masters is brought to you by Bridge, the growth-focused podcast agency. We help ambitious agencies talk to the right brands through the power of podcasting. Generate leads, win new business, and increase reputation. Check out our clients' podcasts and find more resources to keep learning at bridgegrowth.org. Now, back to the show. So I want to go back to something that you said earlier on about you've got two stakeholders. Uh, it was something to do with the fact that you've got, there's the brand and then there's the citizen. Yeah. And I want to unpack that a little bit because the last time that we spoke, you talked about the importance of the citizen and the role that they play in society, um, especially in the context of kind of everything that's going on now. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know how much we want to go into the Russia-Ukraine <laughs> uh, issue, but... Um, or the Oscars. Know, or, or the Oscars, <laughs> which is very timely. I definitely want to discuss that. <laughs> definitely. So talking about the citizen then, how do we help Canadians be better citizens and Canadians? Because if you look at the Will Smith thing, one of the things for me was the lesson and the the image that that leaves with 10-year-olds and children and young people that look up to and idolize someone like like Will Smith mm. and put aside the way that he felt in that situation. We're all human. We all give in to, you know, our, our base nature sometimes, not, not often in that way, in such a public way. But um, it's the impact that he has on millions of people around the world and what it says, mm. it legitimizes violence publicly in such a, a social place. Maybe talk about the importance of the citizen and the role the citizen plays um, collectively, socially, mentally, etc. I, I think our our goal as a like an agency is to shift from talking to consumer to talking to citizen. And I think the very big end goal is to, as an organization, we want to help create better citizen. And um, that must start at home. And for us, that must start at the agency with our world, with our talents. And um, we can easily think about two objectives where we can work that. So well-being of our people starts there to become well-being of Canadians, our citizen Canadian, and the influence we can have with our creativity in society. And we must start with uh, improving the well-being of our talents to make sure that they are mentally fit, physically fit, financially fit, relational, relationally fit. And this must start there so that they can have an influence on their family, friends, entourage, and their communities. And then at the agency, our partners, clients and consumer, and finally, citizens and Canadian community. So it's kind of a ripple effect 
there we feel it can have, but it needs to start with us. And um, that's what we are at the very, big, very beginning of. And then there's the influence as agency, as communicator. Um, I think um, that specific positive impact will slowly grow through our service offering. The proposed solutions, the the message we convey, the, the media source, we are uh, um, uh, using an inventory the right information versus miss or disinformation. So I think that's the, for us, I think it's the area where we can do a push-pull. Okay, I'm I'm rolling up my sleeves now because now we're about to get into it. This is what <laughs> I'm really interested about. The push and pull and the role of the citizen in society and taking responsibility to educate ourselves. You know, the, there's so much misinformation out there. It's hard to really know what's truth, what's false, what are the true false and what are the false truths. And it's, so, so, so then it becomes, there's this over importance of the citizen, of the individual to take responsibility for what they consume and what they believe and what they critically analyze and, and decide what is real and what is fake and what side of history do I want to be on here? And how do you, Take all of these things, Russia, Ukraine, uh, COVID, Will Smith. How do you take all of these things and communicate that into client work and campaigns mm. that can actually help grow their businesses? Well, it's it's always about, I, I think it's always about like being around the data and being around the trends. And that's why we have a... a a huge, fantastic team in, in strategy and, and data and insights like uh, that, that are uh, uh, going deep on understanding this. I'll give you an example. Like uh, uh, I was talking about Danone a couple of uh, minutes ago when we have uh, uh, the Activia brand. And uh, I don't know if you have that brand uh, in, in the UK. Activia, it's a yogurt brand. Yes, we do. Yeah. So it was before the... the, uh, the us in Canada, at least uh, the, the 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 idea before the ad were about with Shakira, and uh, and it's it's about the interior wellness and uh, for Activia yogurt brand, and it was Shakira dancing, and um, um, knowing what's happening, we've made a, a change with uh, uh, Activia team about the uh, uh, social woman's wellness and um, and to motivate women to have guts. And, um, and so how we did that is we, we understood all of the algorithm is the algorithm in the um, uh, online. And um, like for instance, for LinkedIn, um, like when you, when there's a job that are, are being posted, um, more, the algorithm of, uh, LinkedIn, uh, favors men over women. And, um, so we went deep on this to understand it and to, uh, uh, give, bring solutions to women to have guts and to, uh, know what to do so that they can have 
um, better position uh, with those kind of uh, job offering. It's um, it's it's the same with, of course, Facebook and Instagram, and and that's why um, we the the medias we are using we can have an influence on them, understanding them like we are understanding like the context you're talking about, and um, that's that's the kind of stuff we can do uh, with uh, creative data. I I, I really love. Um what you mentioned earlier around your progress mindset um you know you've got your vision and mission for the company but you you acknowledge that you're not there yet and you're not you haven't achieved that end state but it's a work in progress exactly um so that progress mindset i think is fascinating not to be perfect right now but actually to take steps in that direction um and that's i think your new corporate alignment Maybe talk a little bit about that and how that manifests itself in the day-to-day running of the agency. Yeah. Well, at one point, we we realized that we don't have a mission. We have a duty. And uh, that duty is to put creativity to work, to drive progress in our world. And um, like you were saying, we have great influence on the culture, on the society we're living in. So, and... Um, um, and us, we base our, we can, we say, we, we create progress based on three pillars. And it's uh, uh, committed creativity, uh, sustainable responsibility, and business independence. So the fact that we are uh, uh, in the uh, um, uh, help us, of course, with uh, all of the solution that we take and that uh, the others can take. And um, um that's um, and, and we we it's interesting because the uh, being indie we we have a lot of talks we are with the WPI networks and um, it's um, it's it's amazing how either employees or or partners from around all of those agencies feel the same difference and um, um, so the um, um, to like the idea of progress what you're talking about and that we're starting um, is is about like not, of course, not being perfect right now, but always like being on the continuous improvement. And for that, you, give, you have to give yourself time. You have to give the agency time. You have to give people time. And, um, and, and because we want to stay independent, it is more demanding. Um, it would be easier to sell but that's not what we want to do. Uh, be, but to continue being independent, we need to, of course, face the power of the networks, the attractiveness of novelty, the new proposals, the new sales, the new earnouts. Um, so we are always testing and reorganize, reorganizing our agency. Um, and uh, we have that big vision of becoming one of the most inspiring organization in Canada within the next 10 years. And um, we have to, for that, uh, take into account the talent because taking new directions is always humanly difficult. And um, you can choose to manage based on your ultimate goal and care a little about the impact on your teams 
that's not the choice we did. We, we, we are basing it on the ability of our talent to absorb the change. So um, it takes more energy, it, it takes longer time, but it's more sustainable. So that's how we are doing our shift through uh, creating progress. Claude, final question before we get into our favorite questions that we ask everyone at the end of the interview. I'm super excited to ask you some of them as well. <laughs> what, tell us what it's like being the CEO of LG2, the largest independent agency in, in Canada. What's What does the day in the life of a CEO of LG2 look like? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> the first thing is to be well, super well surrounded. I think you, you need to set the vision and you need to set the right team to go there because um, uh, you won't do it alone. Um, and, and possibly you won't do it at all. It's the whole team who will make it possible. So um, um, it's really about... Uh, so. You have to build connection. You have to build trust. You have to build uh, faith. I think you have to be inspired and you have to meet uh, your teammates and talk always about the future. Uh, for sure that uh, my day-to-day -day, uh, tasks is about tomorrow. It's, it's really not about today or yesterday. So um, I'm um, either... Um, um, I'm always in meetings most of the time, of course, and um, have a lot of reads to do, a lot of, uh, of course, uh, work to um, um, take care of. But um, it's really inspiring people, connecting people for our vision of creating progress. It's, it's mainly if I have to resume the job I have to do, it's really this. And um, it's funny because... Uh, with the Oscar thing, um, uh, one of our great uh, movie director is uh, Denis Villeneuve, and uh, he's the one who who, who shot uh, Dune, and um, ah. and uh, Denis Villeneuve. Um, Beautiful movie. Yeah, amazing. There's so much talent in the uh, in Canada in Quebec. Um, the um, so the I think it was in. 12 nomination and uh, there's a, a a guy in quebec who won for best artistic direction he won an oscar for that and uh, he was interviewed and uh, he was saying it's kind of weird that denis villeneuve has not been nominated as the best movie director this year it's like it's like thinking that the 12 other nominees they all worked alone they all did it by themselves. So I think it's a bit, I, since like last Monday, because I, 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 uh, I saw the interview uh, uh, Monday, I kind of imagine that there's, there's a huge crew and uh, I have the privilege of working with an outstanding crew. And I'm kind of the movie director and say action and everyone is, mm. is uh, working out their uh, talent. Right. <laughs> Fascinating. 
Let's get into our favorite questions now. These are the questions that I ask all of my guests. So I'm excited to ask you some of them as well. Um, tell us about a time when you failed and what you learned from the experience. <laughs> um, in 2016, I, um, I felt really bad all year long. Um, it started with a, a headache, one day of headache, one week of headache, one month of headache. Uh, one quarter of a headache, so I was like not being able to uh, support it, and uh, so I went to see my doc, and I said uh, to him, "I'm sure I have a brain tumor." It's like he was saying, "No, you don't. It's it's probably stress. You're tired, whatever." And and um, so I was. Re I had a really a strong opinion about my brain tumor, so. Uh, I got a scan <laughs> and uh, of course it was not uh, anything like this so i um i really uh, just um uh, understood that um because i didn't think that my work was tiring and um uh, i was saying to the doc well i'm sitting all day working on a laptop or being on a meeting and drinking coffee it's not really tiring i'm not like building a house <laughs> and mm. um you're not you're not a brain surgeon <laughs> exactly lives. exactly so um, um he said you have to to change your your path of like you're always like in, in, at the same place doing the same thing so so i started um um uh, meditating i started to take care of myself i i i went to met a psychologist about stress i didn't know that uh, existed and um so the, the learning I got from this is like everyone gives you a lot of responsibilities. Everyone is giving is giving is putting things on your shoulders, like constraints or briefing. And 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 on top of this, you have to add one responsibility that you have to take care of yourself because no one will do it for you. And it's not because people are not uh, there for you or good for your thinking uh, good things about you or wants you to be safe and healthy and happy but nobody will take care of yourself so you have to have the discipline of putting in your agenda wherever it is whatever it is but to um, uh, keep your tool your mind your body as fit as possible Whatever it is, it can be a knitting, it can be reading, it can be walking your dog, it can be, but uh, uh, you need to do, it, it's like an athlete. An athlete cannot work out 24 hours a day. It cannot work, do extreme workout two days in a row. It's like you need rest. And so can be it's micro equally as important as the training totally. rest is equally as important hey you're totally right i learned that uh, recently as well so it's 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 really i think that's the that's a great thing i learned uh, in 2016. that's a great one and that leads me on to my next question what do you do to keep mentally and physically <laughs> fit you've talked about <laughs> yoga yeah meditation yeah what else do you do to keep mental? Well, since, since that day, um, yeah, uh, meditation has been a, a great thing for me. Um, and with the pandemic, I started running. 
and uh, I'm, mm. I'm annoying everyone, I think. But uh, <laughs> since the last two years, I've done two, I've done two things: working and running. And uh, <laughs> if you go on my uh, Instagram, because I'm not really on Facebook, but if you go on my Instagram, it's all about running. And I said, like, sorry guys, I don't talk about the agency. Oh wow! But uh, it's it's all about running. So, um, and I've had because. So do you get the do you get the runners high? Oh. Do you really enjoy it? Because I run, but I hate every step that I run. I, I'm cursing myself and I'm telling myself, stop running now. And I only enjoy it when I stop and I get to the end. But there are some people that actually physically enjoy yeah. the acts of running. Are well, you one of those people? Yeah. It's difficult to start. Annoying. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult to start running and it's difficult to stop running. And the, the and, yeah. and the common mistake it's when you start running is you're you're running too way too fast and you are making uh, two longer strides. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so run slower. Slower. With shorter steps. Exactly. So you won't get hurt and you will start enjoying it. Interesting. Okay, good tip. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that on my next run and see if that works out for me. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's hard to st- it's hard for me to start. It's hard for me to stop. It's hard for me during. So the whole thing for me is is uh, painful, but I enjoy it at the end. Um, tell us about some of your favorite books. What books have influenced the way you think about growth, uh, agency life, uh, marketing, uh, design, whatever? Yeah. It's um, I'm really strange because um, I'm uh, <laughs> I don't read I don't read books about our industry or about uh, um, uh, like it's I, I I read a lot of articles, but uh, uh, and, and trends and stuff people do and everything, but I don't read because uh, I'm reading when I'm I'm going to sleep and uh, in the evening. And, um, and, but, and I, I'm unable to read novels as well, uh, to the, uh, and my, my wife is really, uh, like crazy about this. Cause I'm always like reading stuff, biographies, uh, historical stuff, adventure stories. And it's like, yeah, how can you relax? But not a novel. Yeah. Not a novel. <laughs> and, uh, so for the past two years, you can imagine I'm started running. I'm annoying everyone about this, so I'm reading everything about ultra running. So, name the book. I've uh, I've uh, read it, and right now I'm reading a book which is called, which is uh, actually written by a, a Guardian journalist, and it's very good. And it's about, of course, the journey through endurance uh, adventure like uh, true ultra running it's something like this i don't have the title in my mind right now but uh, it's very good but it's by a, a journalist called something finn from the guardian so let me let me ask you this then do you have an ultra marathon in you uh, is that what you're working towards or well i've done two last year oh wow yeah so that's why okay. I'm saying I'm just working and running. That's incredible. <laughs> From not running at all to exactly. running two ultra marathons, that that really is incredible. It's it's probably my uh, it reflects probably my 
the quality I have. I'm a narrow focus and I stick to the objective. I trust the process. Huh. Absolutely <laughs> love that. Okay. Last couple of questions and then I'll let you go. Uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix? Netflix? What are you watching or streaming? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. That was easy. Anything we should recommend? Anything you Well, can... I'm not very uh, 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 trendy. I'm watching right now Ted Lasso. So... Uh, Brilliant. Yeah. It's it's amazing one. It, it's such a... It's such a leadership class of today, Ted Lasso. It's 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 such and it's refreshing and um, but it's really about like uh, I would someone would tell me so how do you you how should be a manager today? I would say watch Ted Lasso. Watch Ted Lasso. Great advice. <laughs> Great advice. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. That's what all managers and leaders should be. Yeah. Really. Brilliant. Yeah. Totally, totally agree. Um, what advice would you give to a young person who wants to start their career in the agency world? Uh, you, um, I think it's, it's like everything. Um, you need to love it. You really need to find something you love in this world in the world of advertising, in the world of design, in the world of architecture, whatever it is. But um, because it's um, like like all of the uh, profession, uh, there's a lot of people um, and there's um, it, it can be difficult to see also the end of your career. Like right now, everyone wants a career plan and um, and uh, everyone is really um, wants to go fast. So I would say to people, uh, honestly, take your time, find the thing you love and enjoy it, like uh, mindfully, mindfully work. Absolutely love that. And my final question, Claude, what do you know about purpose and building a purpose-led agency today that you wish you knew at the start of your career? Well, I think um, for us at LG2, everything came clearer when we sat down and we've done strategic planning. And I wouldn't go anywhere right now without that tool because uh, doing and having a strategic plan, um, it, it enables people to work together which often we think like everyone is talking to, uh, to, to everyone, but uh, it's like you have to sit down, you have to listen, you have to share opinions and you have to uh, uh, um, work to um, um, write down the future of the agency. So, uh, and after that, it's, it's, it's easier because everyone knows why they're doing the stuff they're doing and uh, what's their part what's their role in the in the in that movie so it's um i would say it, it all starts with with uh, having a strategic plan building a brand blueprint uh, um, uh, finding your ambition uh, i don't think today you can just be there because you're gonna deliver good 
quality output. It's I don't think it's enough. But I think it's green fee. Great place to end. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Claude, thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. We have been speaking with Claude Orshu. He is currently the CEO at LG2. If you enjoyed this conversation, then head over to Apple Podcasts where you can listen to over 170 such conversations we've had with world-class leaders in the agency space. Follow us on LinkedIn. Head over to agencydomasters.com and sign up to our weekly email newsletter to make sure you never miss an episode. We would be unable to do the show that our very own deal masters. Tyler Baller is our booker. Christoph Boaszczyk is our executive producer. I'm Nathan Alibaba. You've been listening to Agency Deal Masters. This episode was brought to you by Worldwide Partners, a network of over 75 independent marketing and services agencies from over 40 countries, delivering outstanding work for some of the biggest brands in the world. In this episode, I sat down with John Harris, the CEO of Worldwide Partners, one of the nicest men in the agency world that you will ever meet. In this four-part series, John and I discuss what makes Worldwide Partners different to the traditional holding groups, which brands are best for the network to work with, um, how the agencies and the network actually use the Worldwide Partners story to attract global clients, their criteria for selecting which agencies actually get to join and which don't. It's an absolutely fascinating mini-series. So please enjoy my fascinating bite-sized chat with the CEO of Worldwide Partners, John Harris. So John, when agencies are thinking about joining the network, how do the best agencies in the network make the most of the WPI story and integrate that into their proposition? Let me talk about this in the context of agencies and how they're operationalizing the network. Our business model is really simple. Agencies pay an annual fee to be members of Worldwide Partners. That annual fee likely sits on the subscription line of the agency P&L. But the agencies that are treating the network as an extension of the agency, not a subscription for the agencies, are really the ones that are gaining the most value. They are thinking of the network every day, not just when they have a pitch, but when they have a problem. You know, we have have 75 agencies in 40 countries, and there is not a problem or an opportunity that some agency or some client that we work with has not encountered. So there's extreme value in access to the community. And and you talked earlier about our uh, growth summit in London that you attended. We recently hosted a global summit in Las Vegas in April of 2022. Well, we had 43 agencies from 15 countries. And as you saw in London, we have a tradition at the introduction where we ask everyone, in this case, 100 people, to introduce themselves, in some cases, reintroduce themselves, and share one thing that they're doing to future-proof their agencies. Now, this takes over an hour. In the first 60 minutes of a two-day meeting, 100 attendees came away with 99 ideas from their partners in the intro to take back to their agency to grow their business. And so that's the power of the network. I mean, it's, you and I have talked about this before. It's, it's, it's like joining a gym. You know, if you, if you join a gym, but you don't go to the gym, you're not going to get stronger or faster or leaner. So the agencies that are, that are treating us in this fashion are the ones that are seeing the most value. I mean, our role at the network is to create the opportunity, but the agencies really drive the outcome. And when it comes to leveraging the story with clients, um, I think leading into this this concept of of unified, not uniformed, 
is, is one that really resonates with clients. I mean, clients are turning more and more to independent agencies, but what they're looking to independent agencies for is leveraging the story of the network and demonstrating the scale, demonstrating the expertise that we have and discussing and promoting the value of a ground up local first mentality to multinational campaigns other ones that are seeing the story resonate extremely well with clients. So by the way, as you say, I was at your EMEA event in London and in the morning you encouraged every agency to stand up and tell tell the room about themselves and what they do and and, and the value they add, add to clients. Yep. And it was a room of what? How many people how many people were in the room? 75 people or so. And as that started, I was count I was doing the math in my head. I was like, we're gonna be here all day and i was thinking i was thinking you know is is this going to be relevant to everyone like is this an important use of time as it got round as it got round more and more people i was just like this is fascinating every single person's story was absolutely fascinating and i was actually looking forward to hearing to the next per hearing the story of the next person whereas usually in those situations you just can't wait for it to end i was actually really looking forward to hearing everyone's story and it was just each story was more impressive and mind-blowing than the last and i thought it was a great way to kick off the event well it's a piece of content that we we build into the schedule i five years ago we were in paris and i had been through three of these meetings and i said wow this takes a long time to do we have a full schedule ahead of us and my brilliant idea was you know what rather than pass the mic and have everybody reintroduce themselves and, and new agencies introduce themselves. I said, I'm going to put the five new agencies who recently joined the network up on a PowerPoint slide on the screen, talk to the ones that are here and encourage people to meet them at the break. And then I went on with my presentation. At, during my presentation, one of the members who had been part of the network for 35 years sent me a text saying that was a bad idea. And so after my presentation, I said, stop. I said, I've made a mistake. There's a tradition here at these meetings where we pass the mic and everybody shares the story and we're going to go back and do that now. That's how important the sharing of the community is to everyone. And uh, as you're as you said, everybody wants to they're hanging on every word that another independent agency leader is sharing uh, with openly in a non-competitive environment with their peers. You were listening to Agency Dealmasters brought to you by Bridge the growth-focused podcast agency.